0: And welcome to INE Live. Today is Tech Tuesday. I'm Crystal Seals, Communication Specialist here at INE and your host this afternoon. So we're streaming live across several social media platforms, LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch, as well as the INE website. We are working to reach you where you are and deliver awesome con- content and information that can help you and your team excel every day. We'd love to get you involved. Ask your questions and your comments, and we'll get to as many as we can. Just make sure that you start your questions with a Q and a colon, so if you're on Twitter, add the hashtag inelive so that we can find them. Yesterday, November 8th, was National STEM, or STEAM Day in the US. It is a day that we bring science, technology, engineering, adding in the arts, and mathematics to the forefront of our education and career platforms. In the digital age, we see STEM concepts and applications all around us, even in our daily routines. Our phones, computers, TVs, and even the food we eat has been touched by STEM principles. So outside of the fact that STEM is everywhere, what does National STEM Day mean to INE? Well, let's ask today's panel. Joining us today are Dr. Amanda Martin, Red Team Instructor Josh Mason, and Instructor Matthew Davis. Dr. Amanda, Josh, and Matthew, welcome.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks Thanks for having us.
0: Great. So the first question that I have to ask you is, what does STEM mean to you or why does STEM matter to you?
1: I'll go first. Um, You kind of said it. Uh, STEM is the way of the future. Technology and engineering, math and science fit around that. It's where we're going as a society. And if we aren't at the forefront, then... People are going to get left behind.
0: Dr. Amanda, do you have any thoughts? What does STEM mean to you or why does it matter to you?
2: Hey, Crystal. Absolutely. Thank you for the question. So it's really important to me because it continually allows us to advance a society. Basically, it allows us to create these super amazing and innovative advancements that allow us to better our everyday lives, to solve global problems, and to create a more secure and sound environment for future generations. It is, like Josh said, the way of the future. So investing our time and energy and resources into this now can prove for a better tomorrow. Matthew, those were some good
0: answers. Do you have anything to follow up with?
3: No, I have to agree with them. Uh, (laughs) STEM is definitely here to stay and it is the way of the future. And I think it's going to offer a lot of people opportunities for for life-changing careers. So there's no better time to get involved in STEM than right now.
0: Speaking of careers, when did you all get started in your STEM career?
2: I'll jump in here. I am relatively new to the STEM fields, so unlike these amazing co-panelists here with me. Um, I have fully entered the STEM field probably about two, two and a half years ago. Um, so my background is in sociology and education. Um, so while I was in those programs and you know doing positions that reflected that, I was still using those STEM principles. So it really never dawned on me until I fully immersed myself in this environment how frequently we use STEM, even when we're not directly associated with a STEM field. It's been a really interesting journey, but now I'm getting to use all those principles through technology now in my new position. So it's been a great entry to the STEM field. I'm looking forward to continually learning about it. Oh, awesome. So Josh,
0: you are, I... sorry, you're one of our newest people here and you're on our red team. So what exactly did you do to get started in STEM and in your position that you're in now?
1: Yeah, so I actually started in STEM uh, back in high school. I decided I wanted to be a pilot and went and got a Bachelor of Science um, at the United States Air Force Academy. My original plan was in aeronautical engineering or electrical engineering. Um, Flew for a while and then got into cyber uh, a little while ago now and uh, have stayed in the. Technology and engineering field since. Because It's it's a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. It is fun. I mean, there's a lot of fun things that we're learning more and more about as we're able to explore more careers in STEM. So, Matthew, what made you make the jump into STEM and want to have a career in that field?
3: Um, I think I got into STEM by accident. Uh, I never set out to target um, a career in in the STEM field. It just happened to be the stuff that I'm interested in exists in the STEM field universe of things so i didn't even know what stem was before i started working in tech if you'd have thrown that acronym at me it wouldn't have resonated um so i ended up here by accident i've been in this field for uh, about a decade now consistently um again uh for me it was a a weird transition phase i was transitioning from the military had no idea what to do and I just happened to be good at computer stuff and uh, found a mentor and turns out this is stem and here i am so if i can do it anybody can
0: that's true, and uh, that kind of gets me to my next question with you. What inspired you to stay involved in STEM? Like you said that there was an accident that you got here, but mm. it's not by chance that you're still in STEM. What made you stay and what inspired you to stay involved?
3: I think um, STEM really highlights the, uh, the gratification system that works well for me. Um, a lot of the things we solve, the problems we work on in STEM have the potential to be really challenging um, which means the reward for actually solving those problems or moving something forward is, is really great. Um, so I think back to, to being a kid or, or how we raise kids and we see them um, try to put blocks that don't make sense together, right? Uh, square peg, round hole. And when they eventually figure out that the round peg goes into the round hole, you just see their faces light up. Uh, to me, STEM is the adult version of round peg, round hole. So all every time when I get to go to work or and I get to solve something new, um, I get that instant gratification uh, and just the way it makes me feel like, man, I maybe I am smart enough for this, maybe I am good enough for this, or how how incredible was that, that I just helped 10, 15, 20 people because of the problem that, that I had a hand in. So uh, that definitely keeps me coming back all the time.
0: Great, I'm gonna pass it over to you, Josh.
3: Yeah, uh, quite the same. Um, I
1: got into education alongside all of this and that uh, that just took it home, being able to help other people um, start their careers, start their lives, going forward with the tools and the knowledge they need to have fulfilling careers doing what they love and what they enjoy uh, it. It's what makes me get up every morning and want to get in front of my computer and start working on building content and reaching out to people.
0: That's awesome. Look, whenever you can find something that makes you get up in the morning, you know that's where you're supposed to be. Dr. Amanda, same question.
2: These are all really good answers. (laughs) And honestly, I I feel um, very drawn to some of them as well, because I think it rings true for most of us, right? The amount of good that can come out of STEM, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I'm hearing it through my colleagues' answers as well. The amount of gratification, the amount of good that can come from what we do in STEM-related fields it's enough to keep me motivated and beyond that the incredible people that are in stem right now and the research that they're doing and the advancements that they're making and you know just even at ine alone the people i work with are absolutely inspiring they're always trying to solve new problems they're always helping others with their knowledge and creating these amazing new things so when you have that that support system in that community that's that dedicated to advancing and helping others through their work, how could you not be passionate and want to stay involved in that community? It's awesome.
0: It is and IME is such a supportive place for all of these things so it's not like you'll ever like lose track of where you are. Um, One thing about STEM is that it's in our everyday lives Everything we do has something that evolves around STEM and we're doing more and more now to bring STEM to the forefront and make it a part of our personal lives. So how is STEM a part of your personal life? Matthew? It's
3: where I work. Um, <laughs> it STEM pays is, the bills though. No. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, STEM is everywhere as, as we've said probably 20 times at this point, right? If I drive to the store to get groceries like my vehicle is definitely uh, part of stem right and even my groceries at this point are they probably have some sort of stem connection to them um so it's it's definitely everywhere in my personal life i think the more that i i work in this industry the more i'm able to look around me and say oh like thanks to stem like that thing exists and without stem then that that wouldn't be a part of of my daily life so unfortunately the answer is everywhere but at the same time it's really awesome that the answer is everywhere
0: right how do you feel about that josh how do you interact in stem every day
1: yeah so i uh i teach obviously here but also on the side um i'm teamed up with a high school in virginia flint hill and their cybersecurity team or their cyber team for some capture the flags and other events and um, mentoring them helping teach them help the next generation come up as well And then working with my children, uh, getting them into a little bit of programming, what you can do with little kids. uh, It's something that I try to do in a lot of my free time is dig into all this and just find out what's what's next, what's coming up, what, uh, where else can we go with technology?
0: I think we can go far and it's great that you are helping to nourish like the younger generation that'll be able to teach us all the new things because soon we won't be able to operate our phones. So it's great that you'll be able to, <laughs> to teach the younger generation like, to tell us what to do. How can I change that channel? Uh, sorry, that's trauma. My grandpa used to make me change his satellite all the time. Dr. Amanda, how is it in your day to day life?
2: So I y'all are about to get to know a lot about me here because tech, like I said, is absolutely everywhere. STEM is everywhere. Um, so some of my hobbies right now include eating really great food. I don't know how many people are watching right now that really enjoy food, but I do. Um, so I do a lot of takeout. My problem is I'm directionally inept. So my GPS is my life with finding new food places and getting places. Um, so again, GPS, something most of us use, example of stem i also love to bake i don't know if i have any fellow chefs out there i would say chef but i can't cook i can bake i can't cook um even when i'm baking stem is represented there right so all the all the different conversions i'm having to do with my baked goods and my oven even the thing i actually bake in you know regulating its own temperature to make sure my souffles look a little bit better than I did last time when I made them. All of these things are (laughs) STEM related. And for any skincare fanatics out there like myself, STEM represented there as well, right? So we have these amazing individuals who craft this awesome chemistry to make the perfect balance of, you know, wrinkle, anti-aging, de-puffing things. So (laughs) even people that aren't as well-versed in STEM and think, oh yeah, STEM doesn't apply to me. I am a dancer true story, former life, um, you know, <laughs> studying ballet, no, it's absolutely everywhere, even the things we never assume. So those are just a few ways that I, you know, interact with STEM related principles every single day.
0: I see we have Cyber Lola on the chat and she's also a dancer. So she had a part of that arts part in STEAM, so <laughs> definitely is a part of our day to day life. And we've kind of already touched on this, Josh, with you talking about teaching and how you're doing that, like at INE and and in high schools or in other schools for kids. So why is STEM important for the younger generation? Why should we try to get more younger people involved with STEM or STEAM?
1: Yeah, so um, it's the way of the future more and more uh, jobs that we did hands-on are going to move to uh, take advantage of technology. Uh, I have friends who grew up on farms and they knew how to drive tractors before, uh, before they could work their N64 just because that's what they did. They had to. Um, once they got to college though, all their tractors are run by GPS. They drove themselves. Uh, and being able to then program the whole system became much more important. So we that just like the industrial revolution changed everything, we're now in the tech revolution. And if we don't have people who can adapt and learn new things in a quick manner, then they're they're going to get left behind. And so we're trying to teach adults, we're trying to teach children all across the board so that we can better society. That's I know a big part of what we're doing here at INE and um
0: That's great, guys. Um, Dr. Amanda, how are you engaging with the younger folks, the younger crowd?
2: <laughs> yes, um, I used to be in education, so I used to spend a lot of time in high schools and middle schools and even university settings and interacting. And what I'm seeing is an integration and Josh can probably test this too, but more and more technology is being introduced to our younger generations earlier and earlier. And like, you know, my coworker Josh had stated it is the way of the future, right? So I think we can all attest to that. You know, we have refrigerators now that will tell us what's missing in our fridge when we go to the grocery store. So it's becoming uh, more and more obvious in our everyday life that this is something that we don't need to just understand to be able to create, but we need to be beyond that. We need to be passionate about, we need to be persistent in, and we need to be on the cutting edge of. And I think the more we expose um, our our younger generations to these opportunities where they have the the opportunity to become Um, digitally literate, to be able to understand these things and to really understand the impact it can have and how they can use it in their everyday life is going to lead to an increased passion, which is great, but more importantly, amazing, amazing advancements that not just will benefit us, you know, here in the United States, but globally, right? We're all in this together. So any way we can make a better environment for us and our future generations, we should definitely do it. And that's what we're doing when we're we're starting to integrate these programs into middle schools and elementary schools and high schools and college. It's it's absolutely incredible.
0: True. That is right. Like, uh, Matthew, how would you answer that question as well?
3: Uh, very similar. Uh, if I, look at it, I look at it in the sense of um, when you're young, learning is, uh, it's different. It's almost a little easier, right? Somewhere along the line, though, somebody tells you that asking questions is wrong. Uh, somebody tells you that um, STEM is hard or that the thing you're trying to learn is hard. And I think these things just happen naturally through our environment, right? If you, as an adult, tried to go learn a new language today. It's much harder to do that as an adult than it is to do that as a five-year-old child. And I think that brings importance to getting kids involved early while learning is still easy for them. um, And while they're learning how to learn, really, because STEM, it's not that you can't learn it or it has a special way of learning, um, but there's a lot of terminology that gets thrown at you. So it's almost like learning a new language to get into this field. So the sooner that we can integrate that to kids, the better we can set them up to to continue to learn um, in a way that makes sense for STEM. Um, That doesn't mean that you can't pick it up as an adult. You should definitely pick it up as an adult if you're interested in it. It's not impossible to learn. Um, But we gotta take advantage of what youth gives us and get kids going uh, in the right direction because um, as it's been said a few times, like technology is kind of everywhere. Um, you don't have brick and mortar stores anymore. Um, yes, we can go to a grocery store, but almost every store is is e-commerce in some way. And then they happen to have like a brick and mortar still because we need it uh, in 20, 30, 40 years. Is that going to be the case? Maybe not. Right. Almost every industry is a tech industry now that has a product that may or may not be tech. So. STEM's huge. Getting them involved early while they can absorb it and while they're still sponges is critical if we want to, to have genius minds in this industry.
0: So question, do you guys remember your first interaction in STEM? Like do you remember the first time that you do doing something really really cool <laughs> in, in either science or technology and you're like oh my gosh like I think I want to do this. Like I'm not a STEM person I will say that but I remember like the day that we made um the waves do y'all remember the water bottles that you fill with water and you look at how the waves go and you learn how like rhythm of water is that's the first thing i remember (laughs) is having something to do with science or or how things move or even incorporating arts because it was in our art class that we did it so do you guys remember your first interaction with stem dr amanda
2: oh i do i'm shaking my head because i think the the one that (laughs) most impacted me Um, was when I got to work with a lovely software called SPSS so for (laughs) any of my fellow nerds out there hi I see you Um, if you dabbled in SPSS I was in graduate school. I'm pursuing my, my degree, my education. And while I had STEM principles that were interwoven throughout my curriculum, because I had phenomenal teachers who really believed in transdisciplinary learning, the most impactful moment, I think, when I really realized I fell into this world was when I was having to run tests in, in this software called SPSS. So it's a data analysis software. I was working on you know my thesis and then later my dissertation. And, and I'm like, wait, this, all this math means something. These numbers mean something. They're telling me about this greater whole, about what's happening within this population. And as nerdy as it sounds, um, at that point, I really realized that for someone who did not consider themselves a STEM person <laughs> to begin with, um, there's ways to get introduced into this world that are exciting and interesting and can meet our needs. And that moment really stuck with me. I felt useful. I felt empowered. And I felt like what I was doing mattered. So it really did make an impact on me.
0: Boy, I should have said the TI 83 calculator was my first one. Um, There you go. (laughs) Josh, do you remember your first interaction in STEM?
1: Yeah. So, my dad was a network engineer and consultant when I was growing up, and uh, still is kind of. Um, So, we had computers as far back as I can remember. Um, Built my first little program when I was seven in uh, first grade. And it it wasn't, it was nothing to write home about. It was (laughs) if I could put together uh, a few sentences, that's really all it was. It was a little text adventure game. And it came with a little little walkthrough that a seven-year-old could go through. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was in QBasic and that began a lot of it. I didn't do any real programming between then and college and then barely did any after college until I got into cybersecurity again, Um, but, It's always been part of my life, touching computers, uh, video games, Um, and then I did fairly well in science and uh, math in high school, and that's, I think, what carried the rest of me through into college. Um, But uh, yeah, it started real early for me, and I feel a lot of those impacts. Um, because I understand a lot of things, uh, that I heard growing up, my dad would say different stuff and maybe it didn't make a lot of sense at the time. Like I wasn't understanding a switcher router, uh, as a child, but now looking back at some of the things that he taught me about them, it's all coming back together. Uh, just like Matthew had said, it's a language. And mm-hmm. if you don't try it, if you don't practice it, you lose it. Um, Just like I don't remember my Russian, even though I got a minor. I don't remember my Spanish from three years in high school. Uh, I can order food. I can ask for directions to the bathroom. Other than that, I've lost it. Similarly, if you aren't in tech, then what I said about switches and routers doesn't make any sense to you whatsoever. So um, you got to be in it to learn it. And uh, I had the advantage of learning it early, at least hearing it early.
0: Video games. So, can I count Super Mario Brothers and um, Mortal Kombat and Oregon Trail? Yeah,
3: I count Oregon Trail. I agree. Trails. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Oregon Trail is also life lesson.
1: That's huge.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up around Sega Saturns. Just aged myself, but that was really cool technology. <laughs> Matthew, what would you say your first interaction was?
3: Uh, Chris, I'm going to hang out with you on this one and, and bring it <laughs> back into to meet space. Um, when I was a kid like elementary school uh, we went to what we called a a math and science center for a demonstration on like stem stuff but like nobody knew that when we were going there um and so they were doing a bunch of science experiments in front of us like stick a hot dog and liquid nitrogen and smash it and it shatters like glass it's really cool uh and then i realized like a light bulb clicked for me and i said this is real life magic like yes it's science but this is a magic show without sleight of hand like this is really cool And I ended up going back home and my family had just gotten a computer and I wanted to figure out how to like make the text colorful. Um, so I started digging into like HTML and CSS and I was starting to write text in different colors. And I was like, wow, this is magic too. So the things in this, this domain just seem magical to me. And it always captive even today, it always captivates me when something new comes out and it seems and feels like magic at first. Um, like I get a little sparkle in my eye, like I'm at Disney World with technology. <laughs> and then to be on the, the practicing side of that is just super satisfying for me. Um, I get to be the magician uh, for this real world magic that we have. And then I get the added bonus of being an instructor. So like I get to teach people how to do magic, which is like magicians don't do that. They keep it to themselves. So like we're magicians that get to talk about it. And that definitely hooked me. <laughs>
0: That's what, well. We have a couple of comments coming in from YouTube. Sex says, I think it's required to count Oregon Trail. Me too. And then M Crow 2481 on YouTube also says, if you don't count Oregon Trail, you are just deprived. It is such a fun thing, right? It's <laughs> you can't just not count Oregon Trail. I'm with you. Um, so next question. What do you see as the biggest problems in STEM? I hate to be negative. We just had such a fun time. So what do you guys see as the most, like, the biggest problem, something that may come up soon? Is it our, oh, no, we lost Amanda. That's the fun of going live, y'all. That's how you know, we're, we're live. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to get Dr. Martin back soon. What um, did you all? Oh, there she is, see? Can't help it. Live people, in case y'all ever thought. <laughs> this is totally proof that we are live. So when you ask your questions, they're in real time, go ahead and ask your questions and we can answer them. Um, I'm going to bring you back up to date, Dr. Amanda, I said, what is the biggest problems that you see in STEM? Like is it privacy, is it safety, what would be the biggest problems that you see that STEM is heading into? Oh no. not know. We'll come back to you, Dr. Amanda. Um, Matthew, what do you think that the biggest problems are?
3: I think the, the biggest problem is the false barrier to entry. Um, people hear STEM and they hear about the jobs in STEM and they, they think that maybe they're not smart enough for it. And I think that prevents a lot of people from taking that initial leap. Um, you don't have to be a genius to end up in STEM. Uh, I'm here, right? So there's <laughs> that, uh, it, it is accessible. To, to anybody if they if they want it to be. And I don't think that we've done a good enough job at translating that to people, right? We talk about all the fancy things we can do with STEM and how STEM has provided us with such complex um, things in our lives, right? Like Nothing about space travel seems super easy. However, if you look at a space organization, there's plenty of stuff uh, that takes place there that an entry level stem person could contribute to um and i think part of that too is the the way current education and stem is delivered um it's it's old it's not kept up to date and it doesn't leverage the feedback loop that it could with that gratification that i talked about earlier Um, if education lends itself to um, enhance that feeling of gratification when people solve their problems i think it pulls them closer and deeper into STEM. Um, So if we can break down those two barriers where we get education to be something that's more involved and enjoyable to be a part of with STEM as well as helping people understand that yeah you can do this that it's not some uh, mountain that's impossible to climb with just a little bit of effort and the right, right instructors right material and the right interest um, you, you can end up here. I think mean, those are two huge barriers we have to conquer.
0: And that is true. I think that a lot of times we get intimidated by it. Um, I can say that mm-hmm. I didn't look into STEM when I was younger because I was intimidated by science. And then mm-hmm. as you get older, you realize how much you use science each and every day. like, dang it, I missed out on the big bucks. Um, <laughs> Dr. Amanda, I'm going to try you again. Yeah, I am
2: are? back. Yay! So sorry about that. Welcome to live streaming, y'all. Sometimes your computer just decides to go crazy on you. Um, but I'm so glad you brought this question up, Crystal. Um, I've spent a while now looking into some of the challenges of STEM, and the National Science and Technology Council has this really amazing document that they put out. They have a five-year initiative where they've really invested in STEM and focused on what some of those problems are. And the ones that really stuck out to me, um, the first of which there's three main ones, but the first of which is diversity inclusion within the STEM field itself. Um, This is something I'm very passionate about. And when I look at a field, I wanna feel represented. I wanna look around and see people that look like me, that have backgrounds like me succeeding and doing well. And unfortunately, you know, within this field, there's been amazing effort to make that happen and continued advancement with different programs, different resources, different councils, um, aiming at creating a more diverse and inclusive platform in STEM. Um, but that's something right now a challenge that they're facing and I'm, I'm excited for the advancements but I think that's our first place to start. Um, the second thing I think I would want to touch on is the cross disciplinary study within STEM itself? I think at INE specifically, we've really started to focus on bringing all of these different fields together through our courses, right? So, for example, you might be taking a cybersecurity course, but there might be elements of data science in there or cloud, and that's because they don't live in a bubble. And this is something that's been acknowledged within the STEM community, and it's called tr- transdisciplinary learning. And so I think that's a really cool perspective to have because the more diverse perspective we can bring into a space, some more connections that we can foster between different areas of learning and um, intelligence, I think is absolutely amazing. And so I'm excited to know that this was a part of their plan. And lastly, I think access to STEM um, is really important. I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit here and there, but making sure that we are allowing individuals of all socioeconomic classes, um, all races, all genders, access to STEM programs, resources, so they can become um, you know, digitally literate, so they can start investing in themselves. And we reduce that barrier to entry, I think is so important. Um, so these are just a couple of things that I've seen. There's a lot of literature out there for anyone who wants to know more about what's going on about that. Definitely. Um, take a look around, you know, look online for some resources. But we are investing as, you know, a country right now into these different areas to make them better. And I think that's great. We just got to make sure we stay committed to those goals to make our, our STEM field an amazing, inclusive, wonderful place for everybody.
0: Right. Josh, hold on to your answer really quick. There's a question that Cyber Lola asked and it kind of goes along with what you just said, Dr. Amanda. So now more than ever, STEM is present in all fields of education. How is INE incorporating it in our content?
2: Yes, right. so Lilla, thank you so much for asking this question. So this is something that we really are keeping on the forefront of our minds as we're developing new content and our processes for content creation. So that the concept I just mentioned, that transdiscipl- transdisciplinary learning is so important because that's you know, embodying exactly what you're saying here. We want to make sure that STEM is present, right? So to do that, we have to continually connect the dots. We have to continually drop little pieces of different types of STEM learning into these different courses where you would least expect it. So we started to do that at INE here. We're definitely taking a cross-collaboration approach to some of our courses that you're seeing, some of our assessments that we're seeing, our new lab platform we are so excited to have. You're going to be seeing a lot of that approach represented in those labs that you'll get to interact with. So slowly but surely, we're starting to really hone in and integrate and elevate those STEM learning experiences by bringing them all together and making sure that they're represented throughout your journey here with i
0: Awesome. That's great. Okay, Josh, it's your turn. What do you think are the biggest problems? Both those
1: together. (laughs) What we're trying to do with some of our courseware is uh, remove that barrier to entry that Matthew and Amanda talked about. Um, Because to get into cybersecurity, where uh, I'm working, um, you'd have to understand some Linux. You'd have to understand, like, how do I get a Linux operating system? When I was a kid, like, you had to make it. I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't have one. Um, It seemed really hard. My friends knew how to do Linux. I didn't. And uh, it seemed like you had to turn your whole computer over to that and it just didn't make sense with what we were used to with Windows and that being so easy, or Macs even. Um, nowadays, you can get a virtual machine and spin that up and try it. Even more so now with our Pentester Academy, uh, the Attack Defense Labs, with that integration, you don't even need to spin up your own kin- machine. If you have access to a browser, then you can pull up the lab and it has the machine, configure the way you need it, Ready to go. So anyone, no matter what computer they have, if they can work a browser, they can work on our labs. And that just means who doesn't have a computer right now? Like having a computer with enough to uh, run a uh, a virtual machine and then VPN into the labs, that was, that was a barrier to entry. That was something that was hard. That was something that we've gotten a lot of feedback on. That's something I've created videos for on my own before I was with I&E to try to help troubleshoot. That exact problem for trying people trying to get to any of the online lab environments. By removing that, we've now opened this up to even greater people who don't need to learn so much just to get the basics that we're trying to teach them. If we can get them hands-on to a lab and they can start playing with it, feeling it out, and then then learn, okay, how do I set this up on my own? How do I VPN in? How do I do these other things? It becomes, instead of being dropped in the middle of Mexico and be like, you're gonna learn Spanish. We uh, we walk them in. We start them in a class. We can play some games, and then they learn Spanish. The same way I'm, my wife is teaching my five-year-old is uh, through some games, some le- some easy things to get the- into it. If we were are trying to do that here, trying to analogize what we can. If something seems obscure and hard to understand, like let's turn it into something else that everyone does understand. That's I know something that I'm trying to work into my courses a lot of the other instructors are as well.
0: Awesome. So um, since we're going there, are there any other solutions that you guys may see that we may have for any of the STEM concerns? Are there any other ideas that you may have of how we can get people more involved or how we can be more aware of STEM? You like you had a question, like you had something there, Josh.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's uh, it's there everyone knows that it's there. It's just a matter of how do I integrate it into my life? And how do I kind of work towards uh, learning more about technology or engineering or science or math? It's choosing to study a little more, choosing to learn a little more. And hopefully there's companies like ours who are trying to make that more approachable and more digestible and just easier for the average person to get their head head around and dive in.
0: Great. Did you have any other solutions, Matthew, as well?
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, consider this an invite, right? If you're considering getting into STEM, um, you are smart enough to do this. You are capable of doing this. And there's companies like ours out there that are beyond committed to meeting you where you are with getting involved. Instead of requiring all that setup that Josh was talking about, we are spending extensive hours in trying to figure out ways to make it easier for you. And again, we're, we're not the only ones, but I can tell you that our instructors are, are committed to making it an inviting world for somebody that's new and trying to get involved in it. And we're doing that across our content as well as with the people that we have here
0: that is true like I, our instructors here are really caring they all have like little fan clubs I love it <laughs> Dr. Amanda did you have any um, additional solutions to kind of the concerns and issues that are in STEM
2: yes I think um, there's two different approaches here I think my coworkers definitely hit the nail on the head when it comes to what I&E is doing I think another thing worth mentioning that we're doing at i e is we're really getting talent um, from across the globe, you know, that's really reflecting the values and the mission that we want to embody here at INE, which is your first your first approach, your your first stab at advancing your own career through STEM. And I think that's really unique and that's really interesting. So we are seeking out talent um, from all corners of the globe that are absolutely phenomenal at what they do. So again, we're talking about representation here and we're talking about um, making sure that we're, we're really seeking out the best that embodies the best that there is. And that is not just one specific gender. That's not one specific race. Talent is talent. And I love, absolutely love that INE really invested in that and seeking out talent with no specific mold in mind and just really is is just really embracing just this really cool, diverse, and inclusive place to work. And I think it's really great. I think another thing we need to be doing, I'm on a national level here, and like I said previously, the National Science and Technology Council has already started on this, um, but access absolutely access i e is doing a great job of this as it is um we have competitive pricing for sure um, for access to some of our materials which is absolutely top-notch um, but i think that we're starting to see access really be taken seriously even beyond just private organizations right in university settings in elementary schools middle schools high schools or starting clubs and organizations um there's nonprofit organizations doing you know great work too there so i think this is really cool and i'm really excited to see how this continues. But right now I think we're doing a great job with that. And as long as we're really committed to the continued um, advancement of this field and really just allowing as many people in as we can and getting them trained up and well-versed in the STEM field, I think we can't go wrong. I think it's great.
0: You mentioned access, so I'm gonna put a shameless plug that our, our starter pass is absolutely free. You can pick whichever <laughs> path that you decide to go on and you can start for free with INE. e So make sure that you go to our website and try a starter pass and see where you fit in. You may wanna be in cybersecurity, you may wanna be in networking. We have that free for you and it's a it's a great tool to get you started on your way. So now that I'll finish plugging ourselves, you know. Um, <laughs> quick question, if you were starting over Say you were back to that kid in kindergarten, and you just wanted to know, like, how these blocks work. If you're starting over and you can pursue any education path, would you have stayed in STEM? That looks like a hard question. I'll start with you, Matthew. How's that?
3: I think I would because I ended up here by accident. So <laughs> I, think, I think my natural curiosity and the things that I enjoy about this field would have pulled me here either way. Um, it wasn't a targeted place for me to land. So um, I don't think I could have avoided, avoided it no matter what timeline you put me on.
0: See, that inquisitive kid that you have that asks all those questions is a good way to get those questions for the greater good. Dr. Amanda, would you have stayed in STEM?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> I for a minute, crystal. Um, I don't think I would have chosen a different path than the one that I was on because I think um, you know, like Matthew had said, I ended up here. And I really think that the different, um, the different things I was exposed to, the different skills that I picked up from other organizations have only helped to make my, my contribution in the STEM field that much stronger and that much more um, well-rounded and cross-disciplinary. And I think that's the goal, right? We've talked about that being a goal of the STEM field and the STEM community. So I'm not sure I would originally start with STEM because then I wouldn't have the perspective that I do not have started in STEM. But if I didn't end up in STEM, now knowing what I know, I probably would be very sad. So while I wouldn't change my trajectory and my path, I'm glad I ended up here. And I think that accumulation of different skills and different exposure has really helped within this position.
0: Great. Let's see. So Josh, would you have stayed? Would you have gone? Oh, yeah. Would you have pursued other passions? Is STEM just the one for <laughs> you? <laughs>
1: uh, I think I pursued exactly my passions to get me here. Um, at no point was I stuck with, you have to do this. Um, and I've kind of had that privilege going through college and uh, after having the ability to go for what I wanted to do. And that's what brought me here. Uh, I'm. I'm thankful that I got those opportunities, but uh, yeah, going back, there's no way I would have. I think changed the greater trajectory. Maybe there were little things, a <laughs> class here, class there, but no, I think I uh, got exactly what I wanted out of things. Lucky to say that.
0: I'm gonna answer this for myself. Um, I would like to thank my teacher, my chemistry teacher for um, showing me how hard things could be. I'm glad that I classed the end of grade testing that we had in North Carolina um, with a 90 because I thought I learned nothing in your class. But I would have gone back and tried to learn more because chemistry was interesting, but ma'am, you made it hard. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much to our panel today. I'm so glad that you guys could join us and we could celebrate National STEM Day. It's very important. And thank you all for joining us here today. AIN is all about giving people access to technology and education no matter how or where they are on their IT journey. Whether you're a curious student looking to learn more about computer networking or a cybersecurity professional looking to brush up on like new trends and methods, we make your learning and growth paths easy to plan for and even easier to execute. Our starter pass that I mentioned earlier gets you there on your journey for free. And again, that wraps up Tech Tuesday. If you missed it live, look for the replay across all of our social channels and again on our INE website. Look for us again to be live next Tuesday, November 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on whatever social media platform you prefer. And have a great week. Happy training.